0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Cowboys! this, Cowboys! is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters <laughs> at the Star in Frisco. And he bangs it into
2: the touchdown!
3: And now,
1: your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Nick Harris... And Kyle Yeomans.
4: Well, obviously, I am not Kyle Yeomans. I am Haley Sutton, filling in for the Kyle Yeomans as he is celebrating his honeymoon. He just got married last week, so letting him celebrate. He is somewhere in Alaska, I think, Seattle, perusing. They're taking an Alaskan cruise. So we wish Kyle well. Uh, I'm excited to be with you guys. Uh, Nick, this is our first time really getting to work together. And Patrick, I feel like I haven't seen you I in, know. like, years. I know.
2: It has, <laughs> it's it been a minute. It feels back. like it's been a while. Yeah, I, I stepped away, had, a, you know, the, the uh, vacation, air quotes, a little bit of a mental health reset, but we are back in the building, and no better way to do it than with Nick and you. And you and I, we haven't we haven't tapped in on a pod together in, in, a in a minute. minute so we gotta we gotta get this live today yeah yeah unique show we're gonna
4: take advantage, <laughs> we're gonna
2: take advantage of it
3: today it's yeah. just
4: like a little preview for where we do our remix shows yeah, uh yeah. during the bye week so excited to be with you guys here on talking cowboys presented by black rifle coffee company the official coffee of the dallas cowboys it's also very good coffee i've had it so excited to be on the show with you guys excited to get talking a little cowboys this morning and the obvious place to start is with that schedule that just yep. came out last week. I know we haven't really had a chance to discuss. We did a gut feeling on the website, uh, and the consensus <laughs> from everybody was pretty much the same. That stretch <laughs> at the end in December uh, doesn't look like it's going to be a holly jolly Christmas season, but who knows? Uh, let's dive in. First impressions of this Dallas Cowboys schedule, even though your size kind of
2: yeah. Us an um, <laughs> first thing that, that stood out, and, and I love that we all – had a different, uh, mostly different view of the, the most difficult part of the schedule. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of you guys um, looked at the back end and rightfully so. Look at what's com- coming for December and around Christmas Eve and that, that trip from Buffalo to Miami. You talk about traveling miles and things like that. But what really jumped out to me was th- the start. So it's all about how you finish. Absolutely. It's all about how you finish in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting off to a hot start will absolutely help your finish be that much stronger. The Cowboys four of their first six (laughs)
1: You're at at the Giants. (laughs) You're at the
2: Giants. You're at, and when I say at the Giants, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind these are the same Giants that made the playoffs last year. These are the same Giants that are taking a step forward under uh, Brian Dayball. This is the Giants team that, in my opinion, is a contender for the NFC East crown, So this is Ooh. not just the, okay. oh, well, we're, we're playing the Giants again. You better pay attention because yep. these Giants, yes, Dak Prescott owns them. That's also true. But the Giants can make waves. And you don't want to start off on one because that's, you know, that's just not how you want to start the season. Come back week three. yeah, you're in Arizona. We'll see how that goes. Not worried about that. But it is a road game. So four of the first six games are road games.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Majority of those six games, are, you have several primetime games mixed into that. This is That's brutal because also you're at San Francisco rematch. You, you, you love it, but you hate it, yeah right? Yeah, on Sunday night especially.
3: Yeah,
4: there you go. yeah that's what I was going to say. The biggest thing about that is it's a Sunday night game. So yes. you want to talk about the pressure of that being a playoff matchup, mm, the rematch, yeah. of rematch of the year before, and then the drama just continues, and now we get to see that on Sunday night football. Oh,
2: but wait, there's more. <laughs> because you go from Sunday night football playing against the 49ers, whom you're really trying to get that monkey off of your back against, Monday night football <laughs> is the next week, and it's against the Los Angeles Chargers. and And you could say what you want about Kellen Moore, but if you're paying attention to the numbers and the trends and how he calls offenses, and you give him Justin Herbert, you give him assuming Austin Eckler is still in the in the uh, building, but then you also look at what they have defensively mm-hmm. as well. On a short week from Sunday night to Monday night, that that little two game stretch in California is pretty freaking brutal. We will know most about the Dallas Cowboys in 2023 before you get to the Week 7 bye. Yeah,
3: y- yeah. Kellen Moore, he's going to walk into SoFi with like that Cam Newton gif. Where he's oh, yeah. He's like, in, <laughs>
2: okay, through. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this yeah. is it. But
3: yeah, you mentioned that start. The start is definitely something to pay attention to, especially with three of those four road games being on the West Coast. I mean, we'll see how much maybe, maybe training camp will help them You know, come yeah. over that uh, that obstacle. But I, I like what you said. Going into the bye week, we're going to know a lot about this team. Lot. And there's, we're going to know what the problems are. We're going to know what the, the fixes are. Um, but then coming out of the bye week, I think, you know, you got the Rams and then going at Philly. Uh, I'm surprised that's not a uh, primetime game, but hey, I'll take it. I'll All take day long. it. Um, but I do want to talk about that December stretch yeah, just because, let's... you know, I, I think there might be a little positive you can find in that December stretch. And I was thinking about it this morning on my drive up here and I, I've looked on. And, and this is definitely a positive to take away. So bear with me here. We start on uh, Sunday night, um, mm-hmm. home against Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia going into that game will be coming off a three game stretch of at Kansas City. Home against Buffalo and home against the Niners, Ooh. Ooh. and then yeah, at we Cowboys. <laughs> we thought
4: we had it bad. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Ooh. So <laughs> I mean that's that's not too bad. And then if you look at Buffalo Ooh. going at Buffalo going into that game, they got to go at Philly. They get their bye week, but mm-hmm. then they got to go at Kansas City, and then they come home against Dallas. So you the Cowboys won't be the only there. one on a tough stretch in December. I but like Miami, they they kind of have a couple layups before. Uh, well, I say layups. They have Aaron Rodgers the week before, but I'm I'm not completely sold that Aaron Rodgers is gonna just turn I'm, the
2: Jets around. So
4: like um, he could don't here's get me wrong I feel but about that though because so i agree yeah. and people were trying to clown me on twitter whenever the whole initiative of get aaron Rodgers to the jets uh started coming to fruition aaron Rodgers, and i'm not trying to dog him for his talent right he's a great quarterback one of the best to ever do it he'll go into the hall of fame all that good stuff right but when you look at how he literally just gave up yeah. <laughs> last yeah. season yeah. you kind of felt that the year before as well and then we make all this who about him going to the jets somebody was asking me the other day you know like oh the jets are going to be so good and i'm like well who else is on the jets like you've aaron Rodgers, garrett wilson you've garrett wilson you've and... got the little running back that that was a rookie last year that i believe tore his acl or mm-hmm. his achilles so michael Brees, carter yeah uh, carter or breeze oh yes Brees. yeah breeze hall. Hall. hall yeah, yeah. Crickets. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I like Sauce
3: Gardner. Yeah. I'll say. I like Sauce. Well, yeah, you I, have, you have to. to you're right. Obviously, right. Obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, There's holes up uh, on both sides of the yeah. ball there. And I'm just – I'm not convinced that he's going to step in day one and be yeah. an AFC East exactly. contender. Like, that's a tough division. I'm he's got to get out of the division. First. I
2: think what, what's going to help Aaron Rodgers is uh, the familiarity he has with playing at AT&T Stadium because in that f- first six-game stretch, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is coming to AT&T Stadium week two. So, you mess <laughs> around and start off 0-1 against the Giants, and now you're staring at a 0-2 hole, a possible 0-2 hole with Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the magic medicine for the New York Jets. I think that time has proven that there is no magic medicine for the New York <laughs> Jets, because ultimately, while they'll ebb and flow, even at their peak, they're still the Jets. No. Right, so I do think that'll be a competitive game because I don't think it, well, number one, Aaron Rodgers versus the Cowboys is Aaron Rodgers versus the Cowboys. Sure. Flashback to 2022, if we got it. You saw it, you do know, we have to? Y- yeah, it, you know, <laughs> the facts are the facts. So, yes, he could come in here and, and make and cause some damage, let's put it that way. But by the time the season is over, well, maybe even midpoint, I think the Jets kind of start to wane a little bit. And as you stated, with Aaron Rodgers's temperament he's not going to give the Jets as much emotional grace as he gave the Green Bay Packers. If the Jets and those teammates around him that didn't come over with the, with him from the Packers, if those new guys are not up to his standard, he's going to mentally check out and it's going to be what it's going to be and then maybe he plays for the Vikings before it's all sitting
4: there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though, because this was obviously a conversation that was you know going around as the schedule was getting released. Uh, the idea that the Jets were going to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving we obviously know that didn't happen. But my question for you both, are: is it better to see Aaron Rodgers week two, or do, would we have rather seen Aaron Rodgers Thanksgiving time?
3: Week two, I, I think, just because it's going to take him a little bit to to get accustomed with that offense. There's a lot of different weapons than what he was dealing with in Green Bay. Also, getting in the mindset of competing again, because like you said, it didn't really feel like he was competing at times last year. It was like Christian Watson right. versus yeah. the <laughs> world. And so, uh, I mean, to, to I, I'm just though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to be watching them in the preseason pretty closely, just to see how in tune he is with those receivers. I mean, everything you hear out of New York is, oh, he's at practice, he's doing you know great, and they're connecting with him, and he's showing up to Knicks and Heat games to watch the Knicks lose. And and um, mm. yeah, yeah. Slight 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 dick there. But um It's okay. I like I'm, that. Go heat. Allowed. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh but the Jets I, I would rather see them week two. I, I hate that it's the first home game, just I, I feel like that was someone was evil laughing of doing that. Of course they did that Someone on was evil laughing. But I, hey, yeah. step up to the challenge. And and I'm the same.
2: I agree, Nick. I I believe that it's better to see Aaron Rodgers in week two. Number one, go ahead and get it out of the way. Uh also I want to see I'd rather play the Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness. Right? I want to see this Aaron Rodgers. I don't want the one that still needs to be broken in with his new team. I, I again I think by the time you get to November, December, the Jets are kind of eh, we'll see. But even around Thanksgiving you know Aaron Rodgers will get up for – it's not a primetime game, but it's, it's a it primetime game. And Aaron Rodgers is going to get up for that. He lives for that. And yeah. it's against the Cowboys. Week two is much more of a – from his standpoint, it's like he's still feeling out the new guys, and he's like, hey, it's the Cowboys, I'm going to try to get up for it. But it's week two. If I lose this game, it's not a big deal because that's how Aaron Rodgers thinks because he knows he's good enough most times to overcome it over the course of a season. I'd rather see him week two while they're still figuring out things in New York.
4: I agree. I think that exactly everything you just said, don't give them a chance to get warmed up and, and finally break that curse. And then I think from a, you know, just a morale standpoint, like you get that off the way, then your next checkpoint is beating the 49ers and getting past that checkpoint as well i think a sneaky interesting part of this schedule that has potential to be really good or really bad for this team as well (laughs) uh it's that stretch right after the bye week so you host the rams at home and i'm not super concerned about that one uh the rams to me i don't feel like they really improved. full rebuild yeah i don't i just i'm not worried about it that's not to say that teams can't play but it's the stretch that comes after that. So they're at Philadelphia and then they are back home facing the Giants. They got a quick road game to Carolina to see what That's, Bryce Young mm. can do and to me, to me that Carolina game, it reminds me of the or uh, not the Titans game last year, excuse me, the Jacksonville game last yep. year where we were there was so much momentum going into that one. Yep. The expectation was that the Jags aren't very good. They don't have, you know, the same weaponry that the Cowboys had. It should have been a walk away win and obviously we know that wasn't the case. So to me, that Carolina game kind of has that same Jacksonville energy. And then you have to turn around and come back and host Washington. So that's all three of your division games back to back to back, essentially. To me, that kind of that would be the the defining point, if you will, of the season, because you want to start fast, you want to keep that momentum, but that stretch there, you lose one game to your point. The Giants mm-hmm. are on the rebuild, they're up. Maybe it's the same thing last year where Everyone is vying for that first and second spot. So, to me, that's an area that I think should be circled on the roster right now that they're preparing
2: for. 100% agree. If you look at the stretch from November 5th to through Thanksgiving, like you said, you got three uh, NFC East games, and I think that's going to be pivotal to deciding who comes out the victor for this division. Yeah. I think all three of those teams—New York, the Giants, I should say, Philadelphia, and the Dallas Cowboys—those are going to be your three front runners. But I don't think the Commanders are going to suck. Okay, I think I think the Commanders are—they're going through some things, new ownership and everything—but mm-hmm. I don't think they're a three-win team. I think, particularly with that defense, I, I think they can
4: six or seven,
2: eight. The ball ball will bounce in their favor in one of those games, and they'll get a plus one. So I'll say they're an eight-win team. But if they're eight and nine, they're at least making things difficult for the three teams I see as contenders, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So that four-game stretch is going to be something to watch for sure. Yeah, all they really need is consistent quarterback play. And I
3: feel like they can put it together. I mean, they have the weapons. They have key pieces on defense. Mm -hmm. I feel like they can make that work. But, yeah, coming out of that bye week through – like Thanksgiving or even the Seattle game. That's a crucial part of the schedule. You have to be able to build momentum Mm -hmm. going into that December stretch. But uh, something that's really cool that I found last week at Carolina, Sunday, November 19th against Bryce Young, the Cowboys in franchise history have only defeated one number one pick at quarterback the year of, do you know who that is?
4: I don't. I'm horrible at trivia. <laughs> I'm not even going to Jim
3: it. Plunkett, 1971. What? <laughs> I
4: would have never known that.
3: W- one and four all time. So, uh, yeah, look, looking for dub number two. Hopefully we can get that on the road. And the Panthers offense, uh, it's, it's it's shaping,
4: shaping up, up to be
2: pretty healthy. And, and I was one, um, in and speaking about the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, previewing that game, I kept telling everyone, you need to make sure that you understand that um, they're cooking some things down there, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Doug Peterson and what he's able to do with Trevor Lawrence. And, and, you know, you saw ETN come on strong, coming off of his injury. um And so they did what they did. And the Cowboys should have won that game. And I predicted they would win the game, but I predicted it would be close. But unfortunately, the Cowboys at the end kind of gave up the uh, – the, the buns, but yeah. but nonetheless, when it comes to facing <laughs> Carolina, it's another NFC South team that can can be problematic. If it were against the Falcons, I'm not too concerned. I mean, you'd be concerned about Bijan, but overall, you're not concerned. The defense they have AJ Terrell, they got a complimentary piece at cornerback, but overall, they're not putting things together. Nor are the Buccaneers, who are rebuilding now post Tom Brady. Now I feel like in the Saints, they're they're right there, but it's Saints Pan, uh, Panthers as far as NFC South. Troublemakers mm-hmm. for whom the Cowboys would have to play. So thankfully, it's going to be um, not the Saints because I think the Saints could are better because Dennis Allen has things going on. But yeah. the Panthers are still something to, to be yeah. wary of.
4: Yeah, like I said before, I think the Panthers will be on the rebuild. Obviously, I am I am most interested to see Bryce Young. You know, I, mm. I think as the number one overall pick, we kind of saw that coming to fruition. Do but... you feel
2: he was he was the best quarterback in this draft? i'm just curious
4: i do and and i will tell you why i think it's really close between him and cj stroud Mm -hmm. and i know that new sr s2 test can it's still new yeah we don't (laughs) care about that play football but 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 (laughs) but but, but, something that i actually learned from talking with deuce vaughn this week uh in terms of size that's Mm -hmm. bryce's big question right he's small and he did put on some weight after the season ended but he's still small he's there's going to be times where he's going to get crunched. But here's why I like Bryce Young. And I, I can say this as well because I've covered him before. Mm-hmm. Bryce is always the most intelligent person in the room in terms of sure. football, in terms of just general knowledge. Uh, he's attentive. He's a very quick learner. I think back to when he was – it was in his freshman year at Alabama. He's playing behind Mac Jones. And every time he would get reps when Alabama you know, was was up on the scoreboard, you could just tell, even as a freshman – that the wheels were turning, it was constantly clicking, the way he communicates, the way he's able to roll out of the pocket and and be composed, I think that that's the type of stuff with a quarterback that you can't necessarily teach. And it's not to say that C.J. Stroud isn't, composed mm-hmm. it's not to say that Anthony Richardson wasn't the most athletic quarterback in the draft this year it's not to say that Will Levis is might be a, a sneaky good contender but I just think in terms of overall package when you look at what you want in a quarterback I think it's Bryce Young and I think if Bryce had maybe three more inches of height and 15 more pounds
2: it'd be dangerous It'd be dangerous <laughs> I think for my money it's CJ Stroud okay. as the best quarterback coming out of this class and for me, it's not because Bryce is a couple inches shorter than people want. I don't care about that, because not to compare him because you have to build this resume, but you could cite things like this. You look at Drew Brees and what he was able to do. And even Kyler Murray, before his struggles recently, mm-hmm. he came into the league, size was a question for him. There is something to be said for these guys who don't necessarily hit your your threshold as far as height is concerned at quarterback, but... Um, because if you then turn around and look at the other side of the ball and you say, okay, well, yeah, there's a prototypical size. You're been Roethlisberger, those bigger guys and things like that. But then, okay, Paxton Lynch. OK, so there are prototypes physically that just Accidentally. that just <laughs> I haven't don't heard that name in a while to my point. <laughs> exactly. They're, exactly. They're, you don't go for the prototype. You go for the talent and the IQ. And I feel like Bryce has that in spades. And mm-hmm. I don't put him, you know, light years behind CJ Stroud. Yeah, I think it's a one A, one B equation. Yeah. I think for me, it, and it might be biased, not necessarily towards CJ, but because much like you covered Bryce, I experienced the terror of C.J. Stroud. Yeah. All right, uh, in the college football playoff semifinal, Ohio State versus my dogs, he was an absolute yeah, terrorist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason they lost that game was the kicker, mm-hmm. and that
4: sucked. <laughs> Right, yeah. but
2: C.J. Stroud was a maniac, and it was at that moment in that game where I said, "Hey, you know what?" And I've seen plenty of Bryce, obviously SEC. I've seen plenty of Bryce Young, but it was that moment where I said C.J. Stroud takes the takes the knob. But that said, Bryce Young can get it done in Carolina. So yeah. when the Cowboys travel out to Charlotte, It'll be uh, yeah, yeah, that defense is going to have their hands full. But that said, contrarily, I think. This is where the streak kind of ends, and we'll get the previews during the season, but I think the streak kind of ends here because I don't think that defense that has existed, the defenses that have existed since that Plunkett win are anywhere similar to this particular defense. So Bryce Young... Uh, it's good that he played in the SEC because this defense he's about to go up against in, in the Cowboys. All SEC. And Dan Quinn. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, Good luck,
3: young man. Yeah, DeMarvey on Overshone is going to be looking for a little bit of revenge. L- right, just a so. little bit. You would have
2: to think yeah. so. Just a little
3: bit. You would have A little to bit think of a so. chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to ask DeMo about that one. We'll then. have yeah. to get
4: into that. All right, well, let's go ahead and take our first break here on Talking Cowboys. When we come back, we may or may not have a special guest, mm-hmm. and we will get into some of those rookies
5: Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to blackriflecoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Want to use the Cowboys'
1: locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping.
6: Hey, honey, can we talk?
1: Of course, what's up?
6: Well, I just thought you should know I've been curious about The new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream.
2: (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time?
6: No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor.
1: If you feel that way,
2: I think you should try it, babe.
6: It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too.
1: (laughs) New Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. The new flavor you deserve. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
4: Welcome back to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Head to Miller Lighthouse at AT AT&T Stadium for the Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival, presented by Miller Lighthouse rescheduled to saturday june 3rd from 3 to 8 p.m enjoy a variety of tacos and food truck options while you sip on cold drinks and listen to some live music admission and parking for the dallas cowboys tacos and tunes festival is free visit at and slash tacos and tunes for more info we will see you there well, gentlemen, no tacos and tunes this morning, but a lot of taco about this schedule.
3: There, nice. you go. there you go. Yeah, just came up bars. with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, up with that. Yeah.
4: Uh, we've been discussing bars. the Cowboys schedule, obviously, uh, and I'm excited to welcome in our special guest, mm-hmm. who's not really a special guest. He's on this show every week. Isaiah, stand back on the phone with us. Isaiah, yeah! What's cracking, buddy?
7: What is cracking? The dog on cracking broke cracking last night, but it's okay. I had to be present because I've been repping for my city. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my boys for the Seattle cracking. They went out there and competed hard against the Dallas Stars, but the Dallas Stars were just a little bit too much this time around. But if I didn't show a presence on this show today, (laughs) I knew that there's a young man over there that has dreads that sits across from the table that we're going to have a whole mouthful of change. So I have to be present,
4: Isaiah, I want you to know that it's not just you. Patrick came in today all decked out head to toe in his Atlanta Braves uh, to talk smack to Nick Harris. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then literally in the break did a complete head to toe outfit change. So now he's got Dallas Stars hat, shirt, shoes, oh, the, whole, it. It. <laughs> I, I, the watching, whole set. I'm watching. I'm watching.
2: I am a man of my word when I say I'm going to bring the smoke <laughs> to all respective parties. That is what I'm going to do. Nick Harris had to catch it. The Rangers versus the Braves. I had to give him mm-hmm. the Braves segment one. But the beauty of it is we didn't know quite yet if you'd make it onto segment two. But again, respect my guy because you're not running from the smoke. But I did tell you, did I not? I did tell hey, you. you know
7: what? It was the it was the most competitive series. Yes, it was. 100%. I don't yes. care regardless of the sport. Yes. It was I mean, all the way down to the last second. That Seattle had their chances. They didn't take advantage. So Dallas, kudos to y'all going on to the, to the conference finals right there. Hopefully you guys take care of business. Now that Seattle's out of it, now I'm a Dallas fan. So I'm welcome.
2: <laughs> welcome. I love it. And, and shouts <laughs> out to the Kraken because we nothing can be taken away from that team and and what second they were able year. to do. Yeah, and you know it took seven games to put them down. Jump out on the. Uh, on the stars in game one in that overtime win. And again, like you said, I said just easily the best series thus far of what overall has just been a light a nightmare. um, Or I should say nightmare scenario for those who complain about hockey and hockey is too boring. If you're not watching these NHL playoffs, I don't know what you're watching. Yeah. But, yeah, Isaiah, um, inhale that smoke. Inhale, just take a deep breath. Get it all in your alveoli. Right? Yeah, just get get it all
1: in your bloodstream.
4: Isaiah, we've been talking about the schedule. I would love to know uh, your thoughts on it, just initial thoughts and maybe a stretch where you feel like the Cowboys have to be successful in order to be successful in 2023.
7: You know what? As I look at this, I think it's the whole season. As soon as I see this <laughs> schedule, the first thing that comes to my mind is, com- is competitive. Mm-hmm. That's the, literally the first word that comes to my mind. There's maybe two teams right here that you just feel like you can probably you know, handle in your sleep. Other than that, this is going to be competitive. I mean, you obviously got your your division woes that you got to deal with all the time. But then you start sprinkling in. You know, the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers, uh, you know, you got those guys and you, know, you got the Panthers who uh, we know they're they're loading up on a bunch of talent, they have a bunch of young talent right now, mixing with some veterans. They're gonna be competitive. Seattle obviously is always competitive regardless of how big of the names they have over there. Buffalo, competitive. Lions, they're gonna fight tooth and nail. Dolphins freaking track meet right so i mean this is going to be a very i don't know who had it out for the for the cowboys this year <laughs> on scheduling, but this is not an easy schedule by any means this is not last year last year's schedule could could have been very well perceived as being relatively easy this year oh they 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 have it out for double j this, this time around so they're gonna have to bring the big boy pants this season
2: you know, and what, what makes it even more challenging is you look at the schedule and just from a superficial standpoint, you can tell, like Isaiah saying, this is going to be very challenging because whether it's generally speaking or in certain segments, you talk about the yeah. front end, you talk about the back end, we talked about the middle. OK, well, if the front is difficult and the back is difficult and the middle is difficult, I'm going to go go ahead and say the whole thing is, yeah. is freaking difficult. But if you break it down to the minutiae, Talking about that that trip, from you got Philadelphia, which is going to be a home game. But then you go all the way to Buffalo, and then you drop all the way down to Miami. But then you go all the way to—we didn't say this yet, but mm-hmm. we got to point out. You go to Detroit. The well, Lions— home. I'm sorry, the Detroit is here. But you're playing the Lions. The Lions— the past couple of years under Dan Campbell, they're the fighting Dan Campbell's and arguably they now, if you look at the roster as it's set up now on paper, this is the best roster that Dan Campbell has had. And I think this is going to be his third year yeah. with the Lions. So that's going to be a difficult challenge as well. So no matter where you point, I mean, you could just drop a pin at any point in the schedule and you're going to have a challenge.
3: Yeah, absolutely. In Week 17 Detroit, I feel like a lot of people are talking about how they're the team this year that can really get going and surprise some people and sneak into the playoffs. I, I don't think they're going to be sneaking into the playoffs yeah. by any means. I think they're division favorites over there, which is known. crazy to say these days, but uh, I, I'm looking at this schedule, and I could see a reality where they're coming out of this 11-6 and 6 or maybe even 10-7 and 7, sneaking into a wild card spot, and I would feel m- more comfortable going into the playoffs than I did last year, just because they're so much more battle-tested. Uh, they have some tough road games, and to have that kind of battle on your schedule going into the playoffs. That's that's something you really want to have. Let's say you get one of Buffalo and Miami. You go to Philadelphia and get a win, and you know you have some scary wins on your schedule. That's that's going to help whenever playoff time comes around.
4: Isaiah, mm-hmm. I, I want to take you. Sorry, I want to take you back to your playing days uh, as well, because I know you said that this schedule, top to bottom, is incredibly difficult. Was there ever a time, whether it was with the Cowboys or somewhere else, where you had a schedule like this as a player, and how did how did you approach that mentally?
7: You know what, Haley? Be honest with you, I don't remember. I mean, I, you look at it as a player, you look at it as like, oh, it is what it is. You know, you go, you go into every game knowing that you're going to have to bring your best. Now, obviously, some opponents are obviously more talented, more experienced, and are going to be a little bit more grittier than others. But the reality is, as a player, you're going on, you're giving your 100 no matter what. Because if you don't, you're going to go out there and get hurt, and something bad going to happen, and your season will turn around in the opposite direction. So, competitively, you approach it the same. But you, but you. let's be real, you know, you look at the schedule and you say, oh, crap, there's some dogs on the schedule. You know, like, I don't know who decided to give Christmas to Dallas, but this is, this, like, mm. who decided to write this up in December? Mm. Like, 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 honestly, like, I understand that you have your, your Thursday night games and, you know, you have 10 days off before your next game and you're not for the first game of December, but that last term, man, mm-hmm. come on, Philly, then you got Buffalo, you got Miami, and you got Detroit, these are all playoff teams. Yes, they're yeah. Like, like not just playoff teams, but, like, deep in the playoff type teams. So, like, yeah, this is real. So, I mean, and, and from my perspective, Ailey, like, these guys are going to approach every game the same. It's just that some teams are better than others. And Dallas, seemingly, looking at this schedule, has some of the best teams in the NFL.
2: You know what, Isaiah, to your point, anyone who pulls up the schedule, point I, I challenge you to point at more than two teams that you could scoff at on the schedule. Yeah. You could yeah. scoff at the Cardinals. They'll—they're still the an Rams. NFL team, so they'll—but the they'll compete. But you know, you can scoff at the Cardinals and you can scoff at the Rams. Who else are you scoffing yep. at? We just said you can't scoff at this version of the Carolina Panthers, especially uh, on the road on a noon game. Correct. Yeah. You, you definitely can't scoff at the Lions. You can't even scoff at the Commanders because again, I think that's an eight-win team, mm-hmm. which is below 500. However, they're going to compete tooth and nail with the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. and we know this. So, other than the Cardinals and the Rams, none of these. Are games that you can even remotely overlook. They have to come and play every single week. Now, yeah. to the Cowboys credit, look at the offseason moves they've made. Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, look at the additions they've made in the draft. Overall, especially on defense, this Cowboys roster looks to have leveled up. It looks more electric. You talk about Deuce Vaughn, adding him with Tony Pollard and, and Rojo being that short yardage back. You, you talk about adding uh, Schoonmaker to the tight end room with Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. So the Cowboys are not lacking for weapons on any side of the ball, including special teams as well, because Deuce can provide mm-hmm. a return game uh, opposite Kevontae Turpin when they need to rest Turpin, whatever they want to do there. So these teams also kind of have it up uh, their back against the wall facing the Cowboys. So I know we're talking a lot about, you know, the Cowboys have the schedule cut out for them, but these teams that they're playing – it's not exactly a cakewalk with this particular Dallas Cowboys team. If Dak Prescott, which I'm wholly confident he can, if he can improve upon the interceptions, which statistically were an aberration if you look at his the entirety of his career, he can improve upon them. you got a new quarterback's coach, which I think matters massively. And Isaiah, I know you agree with me on that as well. If Dak Prescott scales back the interceptions, this Cowboys team is going to be 13-14. and 14.
3: Yeah, the offense is going to be a really big determining factor of how this all plays yeah. out uh, for obvious reasons, but if we're coming out of the bye week and we have questions about the offense, then we better hope the defense is, has taken that next step that yeah. it looks like they're about to take. And yeah. are we going to have to outscore teams? Or are we going to have to, you know, put, put, a put, that, put that stone wall up? Yeah, exactly. Mozzie's going to have to get active. That's that's one thing that is very much that man's one thing. hungry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem. He's, he's going to be ready to go. But.
4: Isaiah, final thoughts before we let you get back to your morning.
7: I'm, I'm excited to see. And
2: you when she said "morning," she means that M O U R N I N G. I know. Talking about, uh,
4: no, I am genuinely interested in your morning, Isaiah. <laughs>
7: Thank you, A, I appreciate you. <laughs> um, no, you know, one one word that's always consistent with me is competitiveness. Ever since they signed uh, Dan Quinn, that was one of the words. You know, culture and comp- and competition and competitiveness. Those are the words that have been really at the root of everything that I really say on this show and any other platform. This is going to be a testament of their character. You're really going to see the character of the Dallas Cowboys in this season because you're going to have to find out based upon their opponents alone. Regardless of what is self-generated, these guys, when they step on the field against these opponents, these types of opponents, when you talk about the 49ers, they got grit. When you talk about the Eagles and obviously everybody else in our division, they got grit. When you talk about the Panthers, they're hungry. Buffalo, beasts, dolphins, beasts, lions, beasts. All these guys are beasts. There's never a question about the resilience and the effort of these teams and their opponents that they're going to be facing. So you're going to find out exactly who your true Dallas Cowboys are come this season. I'm looking forward to it.
4: We love that. We're looking forward to it, too. Well, enjoy your morning. We're happy that you are a Stars fan with us now. you Going can also forward. You can also help me root for the Florida Panthers because that's my secondary team. So we, if you, you need we, a secondary we, we don't do that team,
3: that yeah. you can come join the,
4: the Vamos Gatos gang. We're, <laughs> we we're not judgmental.
2: <laughs> we don't do that here.
4: <laughs> Isaiah, thanks so much for being with us this morning. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, you so will be good. I love Isaiah, man. He that always brings such guy. a different perspective. And I love the idea, love too. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask his perspective on the player side of it, too. And I love that his answer, you know, like, it doesn't really matter. You got to show up and play every right. day. There's a certain level, a certain mentality that you have, depending on certain games. But uh, good to have his perspective. Also.
2: Yeah, and that's that's something that we've heard from current players in the Dallas Cowboys organization, speaking to them game by game. Uh, you talk about Dak Prescott and some of these guys who are your cool hand Luke's in the room, no matter what happened when or, lo- or lost that particular week last season, they were always, it's on to next week. It's on to next week. Now, obviously some losses sting more than other Gr- others, green Bay, Jacksonville. And you could see that seething in guys like Dak Prescott, CD lamb. And, and you know, going forward, Tony Pollard, the, especially the defensive side of the ball, Leighton Vander Esch, Micah Parsons, you talk about a guy who hates losing, mm-hmm. but, it doesn't matter who the opponent is, they're going to approach it the same way every week. they're going to prepare every week the same way. The only thing that would change is how big of a chip is on the shoulder for the next week. Now I will say this Cowboys have a little bit of an issue with consistency, not nearly to the in under the McCarthy era that they had under the Jason Garrett era, but they have shown they can play down to competition and that's why Green Bay happened. That's why the Jacksonville Jaguars games happened if they can remain consistent and never play down just always play like you're playing the alpha again this is a 13 maybe even a 14 win team but they're it's not going to come easy they're not rolling over any more than maybe one two at best the others come to play
3: look if we're coming out of week three two and one and they really stepped on Arizona and and didn't play down to the competition in Arizona yes man I'll feel good that's that's check that's check number one I like that I like that
4: all right well let's take our second and final break here on Talking Cowboys and when we get back let's dive in a little bit into some of The rookies i have a couple of guys who i was impressed with from rookie camp last week i know nick you probably have some ideas too so let's talk about it when we come back on talking cowboys
5: Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just
6: thought you should know I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream.
2: (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time?
6: No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor.
2: If you feel that way. I think you should try it, babe.
6: It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing too.
1: <laughs> new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys' locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. back to talking cowboys
4: welcome back to our final segment here on talking cowboys presented by black rifle coffee company for fans with nothing but the star on their minds new era spring styles have arrived head to the nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com a fanatics experience and grab your favorites today We've got a few more minutes here on Talking Cowboys. I want to talk about some of these rookies. I think we all knew coming into this year's, or coming out of this year's draft, rather, some guys who would maybe be impact players. You teased Mozzie a little bit earlier. I think Overshown is a guy who we know is going to be a competitor. uh, Possibly Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Nick, I want to open it up to you before we kind of chat about it. We were at rookie camp this weekend. We had a chance to meet all of them. Uh, They're so excited. It's like first day of school. Uh, But your impressions on this rookie class and maybe a player drafted or undrafted that we should be paying attention to.
3: Yeah, we talked about it after, right after the draft, the fact that they they picked up guys on both sides of the ball, around the ball. Uh, there's there's a guy at every position that I feel like could make a contribution at some point, whether it be during training camp, preseason, during the season, whatever. Uh, and we got to see that during rookie minicamp. And big emphasis on mini because it was a little bit different. The ACMs kind of threw everything so out weird. of whack. Mike <laughs> McCarthy was out because of a back procedure, so the coordinators were running everything but it was as smooth as it possibly could have gone and you know we get to see these guys in action for probably 30-45 minutes on Saturday and um, it's it's kind of a tough environment to see if anybody's standing out but you can look at the physical stature you can look at and see how they're moving and if we're talking about moving you have to start the conversation with Deuce Vaughn just because Mm -hmm. they were doing some change of direction drills and I was just I was evil laughing once again it was it was it was very fun (laughs) exactly and seeing him returning punts a little bit and I was like wow this is this is fun but uh, looking at some undrafted guys. I, there were a couple that really did uh, stick out to me. Jalen Moreno-Cropper yes. out of Fresno State. Uh, a wide receiver with a lot of speed that I think will really translate downfield. I think that's a guy that could definitely sneak onto a roster and make a contribution as, as early as year one. He's been really productive at Fresno State. Okay. Uh, 80 plus receptions in each of his last two seasons. Uh, and then Isaiah Land.
6: My boy! Mm-hmm. Say
3: Isaiah it again! Fam you Shout out Fam Say Mew. it again! There it is. Big time. And there's some talk about him moving to inside linebacker. And whenever I saw that, I was absolutely thrilled just because he is so athletic. Um, He's had a a long history of getting into the backfield. But what I always wondered with him is, can he take that next step physically? And can he not be overwhelmed if he's trying to rush the passer every down? And so moving him back to inside linebacker, letting him really hone in on his athleticism rather and move space to space and cover sideline to sideline and still be able to crash into the backfield. That that I feel like might be his best chance, and and then one more I want to touch on is Hunter Lipke, uh, yeah. the fullback. Mm-hmm. And he's he, talk about thrilled to be here. That's I know. Uh, me and Mickey Spagnuolo got to just talk is to him. Fullback back in the building. He is, he is, and he's ready to do everything. He, uh, you know, I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, your North Dakota State film, and you know, it's got some Kyle check to it, just because you're lining up in the slot. you're lining up out wide, mm-hmm. you're coming out of the backfield, you're blocking. You know, is that someone you you know look up to? And he's like, you know, yeah, I watch some check film in his Wisconsin accent. And he's like, yeah, I will watch some check film, but I'm just really trying to be Hunter Lipke at the end of the day. I was like, oh, I I like you. I like it. I like
2: you. So he's got some uh, receiving talent and 100% like said, yeah. yeah. So when you ladies and gentlemen when you're looking at Hunter Lipkin you look at him on the on the depth chart and it says FB next to him don't put him in the box of oh he's only here to block. The Cowboys yeah. are really going to try to move him around and and you see they're Kind of hem- uh, leaning more heavily on versatility. Tony Pollard, he's versatile. Deuce Vaughn, he's versatile. Rojo is your short yardage back, but they look for versatility. CeeDee Lamb can play all three spots. Brandon Cooks can play at least two. Maybe he'll be a small slot every once in a while, but they love it. So I think Lipke will stick. Let that F.B. stand for fluid back, not yeah. Full back. Yeah, <laughs> I like flex back. There you go. with that. For me, I'm going. To, I'm going to circle back, and you know, obviously there are the big names, and that's easy. Mozzie Smith, Vion Overshawn, Luke Schoonmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, keep an eye on, on Junior. They call him Junior Junior for Hoko. I said this after that pick. He is just violent. He wakes up every morning. He chooses violence like he's Cersei Lannister. Um, but for me, uh, I'm going to look at Eric Scott. I'm looking yeah. at Eric Scott out of Southern Miss. Uh, there's a reason the Cowboys gave up a 2024 fifth-round pick to move up and select Scott at 178. Obviously, immediately, the Googlers went to work, and they said, oh, well, 472. Oh, what are we doing trading for a 472? This guy jumped almost a 40-inch vertical kind of tweaked his quad mm-hmm. doing that and chose to still run the 40.
4: And then we got updated film. And then we got later. updated right. film.
2: Okay. And, and Will McClain, Stephen Jones then confirmed that not only did the Cowboys get more data on him after the fact, but uh, it's it said and confirmed that he ran sub-4 four, four at one point four two nine forty on a fully healthy quad. Oh. I'm going to tell you right now, first and foremost, if I tweak my quad right now, not only am I not running the 40, I'm not running to the refrigerator, okay? <laughs> so let's the inhumane athlete first and foremost. So the fact that he ran a sub four eight with a tweaked hamstring after he's oh my god. But if you look at his film, not a lot is known about Eric Scott. But when you look at it, he does have room to grow, which is why he was a sixth round pick. But what he does show, he shows in spades. He can take the ball away. He just needs to get there quicker. He needs to be able to trust his eyes and his instincts more. Once he starts overthinking, that's when he loses a step. When you lose a step in the NFL, you're already lost. Mm-hmm. You've already lost. But he has. The length, he's prototypical, and when you talk to Will McLean, we talked to Stephen and Will um, in a couple of post-conferences, particularly Will McClay, he lights up talking about this kid. Mm-hmm. He lights up talking about Eric Scott, and I don't know about you. But if Will McClay lights up talking about someone, it's somebody you should probably pay attention to.
3: Yeah, typically with a speed DB, you sacrifice physicality. It's For some reason, you just get one or the other, and he has both. Yeah. And they're both at an adequate level to where you can develop that and get him to a, a position where he could be you know, a De'Ron Bland type of impact. Hey, he two pick sixes year one, last year. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to be, but you have that type Potential. of – You have those traits. You have those traits because you have the speed. You have the physicality. It's just about ramping it up.
2: For him, it's just refinement. It, it's refinement for him. And that makes sense because he's a sixth-rounder. But this is, again, someone I say keep an eye on because I think that he has the potential. We'll see how it goes in OTAs and training camp and preseason. But Eric Scott has the potential to not only make the roster, but make a couple of waves as early as this coming season.
4: I like everybody you guys just talked about. Uh, my favorite part of this process, and this is why I love doing the job that we do, is because you get an opportunity to get to know these guys. Uh, we're the some of the first people that they get to know uh, just from a professional football standpoint. And so I love the opportunity getting to know these rookies and, you know, kind of helping them on their way. Uh, you mentioned Junior Fajoko uh, and how he wakes up and chooses violence. Every day. I love that you said that because when he's not on the field— He's opposite of that. Yeah. When I got an opportunity to talk to him in the locker room um, on the first day of rookie minicamp, you know, he came over and I mentioned like, oh, you get to talk to me before you have to talk in the big media scrum. And he was like, I have to talk over there. And I was like, yeah, Bless I was like, yeah but it's cool. We're going to practice. Welcome. You're going to be good. <laughs> like, they're not going to ask you anything crazy and we're going to prepare. And so just getting to know him, getting to know, like, just how kind of not quite soft spoken, but just, you know, he. It's opposite. So Mm -hmm. it's even crazier when he gets on the football field and you see how he's attacking, you know, the the dummies. Like, it's a crazy flip. But what I'll say about Isaiah Land, you know he's tall, Mm -hmm. right? You know he's a big body. 6'5", 215 is what he is on paper. He looks that way for the most part when you see him. But when he was out at practice on Saturday Mm -hmm. in his pads – I agree it I was like who is that I agree he is massive looking Mm -hmm. on the field and so for him to be able to move as well as he does you talked about him shifting inside to inside linebacker like that's terrifying to me because you know again like he's a big body you see him he looks big but you put him in football pads and he's out there you know Actually yeah. playing. Uh he's a guy to me that I, I am willing onto this 53 because I think he can be a guy who learns under a Leighton very Van Der Esh, very similar to what Damone Clark went through yes. last year. I think he can also learn some things from Micah Parsons. He talked about wanting to improve on his pass rushing ability. So I think now you've got a Micah Parsons yep. who is floating back and forth <laughs> playing whatever position Micah Parsons wants to play. <laughs> uh, so I think that he will also be um a good kid on this roster that I hope makes the 53 as well. Well, yeah
3: so. I'm, I'm with you and i think it's really interesting how he came onto the roster uh, will mcclay talked about yeah. how they were watching marquise bell uh this time last yeah. year and, and they see this edge rusher that accounted for 20 sacks and 25 and a half tackles for loss like put a pin in there yeah and, and
2: and then,
3: come, back to, come that. back to that in a year from now. <laughs> came back around you got marquise bell on the <laughs> roster you've had a lot of zoom meetings with isaiah land since then and then when he went undrafted it was almost immediate that yeah. he was on the team yeah so. he was one of the first yeah. guys
2: yeah that really helps
4: all right, that's Rookie Talk. Patrick, I know you had a question for us as we wrap up this show, so fire it at us.
2: Just just a quick question. Again, circling back to the schedule, we talk about how challenging it is front to back, top to bottom. Um, but I pose the question to both of you. Which is the singular most difficult game that you see right now before the offseason finish is playing out?
3: I'm gonna start us off here. Okay, um,
4: love that. Man, love that you have a lot of options. Yeah, you, you do. Have a lot yeah, of options.
3: Do. I I think I'm gonna go at Buffalo. Um, just because it's December 17th in Buffalo, New York. That's point A. Point B, uh, that offense is going to be humming mm-hmm. by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're coming off a Philadelphia game, a, su- a Sunday night Philadelphia game. Uh, traveling to Buffalo has been a little difficult in the past as well, so I-, I think that's that's one where if they come out of Buffalo with a win in what is expected to be negative temperatures, probably and snow and, and whatever else could could go down in that game, you're looking pretty good going mm-hmm. into the rest of the schedule. Whether you lose at Philly or, or lose to Philly or not.
4: I'm going to go the game before that Philly home game, and here's why. We talked about getting a fast start at the beginning of the season. That's going to be your tone setter. So depending on how that goes, let's say let's say they do really well. Let's say they go four and, and two in that. Math is hard, but regardless, <laughs> let's say they do really well in that first stretch that we talked about, right? You come back from the bye week, you've got the Rams, and then you're at Philly. We talked about the challenging stretches of that NFC showdown right. in those 3 right. out of the 4 games. You're coming off of a Thursday night game against Seattle, so that's a primetime game against a competitor who is going to give you their all, mm-hmm. right? As the second time seeing them especially after the preseason, to me that Philadelphia game it's the make or break game because depending on what you did the first time around at Philly the two times that you've already faced the Giants and Washington again, that game to me feels like it's going to shape up the way this year's Christmas game, or I guess last year's Christmas game did with the Eagles. That was like, it was a big game because it was the Eagles, but it was also the Cowboys opportunity to stay in the hunt for the NFC East. And so I do think physically – Buffalo will be challenging. I think that Eagles game has more implications in terms of what the way that the NFC East could shape out.
2: I I do agree with you there. I think that might be the most pivotal one. Um, And I have proof here because I put a star next to it. I agree with Nick. The most challenging to me is Buffalo at Buffalo. 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 In December, I mean that winter in Buffalo and Josh Allen and that offense is going to be humming. That defense is going to be humming. That that's just going to be a lights out challenge for the Dallas Cowboys to march into Buffalo into that stadium with Buffalo uh, with Bills Mafia, you know, jumping through tables and and just going nuts. And and of course they're already uh, leveled up. They're maxed out just by default. But now you also have the Cowboys coming to town. I think that audi- that crowd that audience they're going to find another gear. And the team they're going to feed off of that, and Buffalo is going to be the most challenging one for me.
4: All right, well there you have it. But Buffalo, if you go, you Philly. go to Buffalo
2: and you win that game, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. just told me in that instance that you can make a playoff run. Yeah.
4: Well, we will see. Obviously, we've got so much time until this season starts. But uh, that'll do it for Talking Cowboys today. Thanks for letting me talk with you guys. I, I think we get cool. you again
3: next week, don't we? We
4: uh, Yes. Yeah. I will be here next week yeah. as Kyle finishes up his honeymoon. So, again, we are so excited for Kyle. I'm excited Absolutely. to get to chat with you guys. I never really get to do this on air. So, exciting stuff. And we will do it again next Tuesday. Yeah,
2: we will.